a father was reading Bible stories to his young son. He read the man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned to salt. His son asked, What happened to the flea? Y'all didn't get that. See, let me read that to you again. Because everybody's, you know, sitting down. A father was reading Bible stories to his young son. He read, The man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned to salt. And the young son said, Well, what happened to the flea? There you go. Yeah, I go. Now, let me give you a better one. I knew that one was kind of, you know. I have to tell that for the young children because obviously they get it. Us adults didn't get that enough. Young Ernie and his family were invited to have Easter Sunday lunch at his grandmother's house in Arizona. Everyone was seated around the table as the food was being served. When Ernie received his plate, he started eating straight away. Ernie, wait until we say grace, demanded his father. I don't have to, the five-year-old replied. Of course you do, Ernest. His mother insisted rather forcefully, we always say a prayer before eating at our house, young man. And Ernie said, that's our house, he explained, but this is Grandma's house, and she knows how to cook. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Grandmas do know how to cook, don't they? I want to talk to you today, obviously, about the resurrection. And I want to come from a different slant because, you know, <clears throat> Easter or resurrection as it's called, as we know it in Christian, Christians. Uh, it, it, uh, a lot of times you hear sermons or messages that are preached about the, you know, he rose, we have the, the victory, and uh, uh, because he's risen, uh, you know, you can have victory in this life and we can rise again with him. And you preach a little sermonette on that and exhort people and you go home and have your roast and ham and turkey Easter dinner, whatever. Sounded like Thanksgiving, but <laughs> but I want to explain. There's three points I want to cover here. The resurrection, first of all, is a historical fact. The resurrection is a current reality to be experienced. And a, the resurrection is a future hope to be anticipated. Okay, so there's three points to the resurrection. The past the present, and the future. And let's, let's, let's talk more about the current, or the past. You've got to understand, the resurrection is a fact. There's no uh, doubting it, uh, and I can prove this to you. The Bible even says uh, that many witnesses, hundreds of witnesses, gave testimony to the resurrection. It would be as if, uh, you know, if somebody, well, we have in history books, we do this every day in our schools across America. We talk about history, and we believe it right, because there's so many witnesses. It's undeniable. You can't deny World War II. You can't deny, in 300 years, they'll not be able to deny that, that Ronald Reagan was one of our presidents, because it's so written about. It's so known throughout centuries. It'd be like, well, of course he was our president. Nobody would doubt that. You don't doubt that Washington was our first president, do you? You just know it as fact because it was so, you know, thousands of millions of people knew that and established that. It's the same way. 
hundreds and hundreds of disciples say, look, man, we, you know, and people that follow it, we saw this guy die on the cross, and three days later, we're talking to him. And I'm writing this in this letter so you can know this is truth and, and believe it, because it's truth. And, of course, when you take that step of faith and believe it, and you receive him into your heart, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm glad I believe. This is truth. This is right. This history is correct. The historical and spiritual significance of the resurrection is that it really means the price and purchase of your forgiveness and spiritual debt was completed. Without Jesus rising from the dead, then the transaction for your purchase from spiritual death would have not been complete. This transaction would have not went through, and with this type of transaction, you cannot rerun the card. You ever been at paying at a you know, at a department store, and they say, can you give me, a card give me your card again? It didn't go through, and they swipe your card again, right? Without the resurrection, listen, if Christ Jesus would have come, died on the cross, and never rose again, guess what? You would not be here today. There's no salvation without the resurrection. That's, that's what separates Christianity from uh, all the other religions. Buddha is dead in the ground. Muhammad is in the ground. He's not coming back. But Jesus has risen, and that's what separates us. Because, listen, if he cannot be raised from the dead, if God could not raise him from the dead, how can Jesus raise you from the dead? Your spiritual, your spiritual dead state. Spiritual death is separation from God. is without Christ. It's without the Holy Spirit. And if he hadn't been raised from the dead, guess what? You wouldn't have been raised from the dead, and we would all be without hope and miserable in this world. And we would act like what we know as the world does, unbelievers, that have no hope, that, know about, that don't know about Jesus. They go to drugs, sex, suicide, alcohol. That's why they turn to those things, because they're without hope. Well, guess what? All of us in here, we would have been in that same state if he wouldn't have rose from the dead. He had to complete the transaction. Thank God that he did. I said, thank God that he did. This is central to the, the Christian faith. Romans 1.4 says that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You, you know... Why do you celebrate Easter? Why do you celebrate the resurrection? Why do Christians get all excited and happy? Because, I mean, that's our hope, that we'll be risen from the dead again one day too. Now, the resurrection is, can be experienced currently now because you are in a spiritual dead state, right? We can experience the resurrection in a measure because we were in a spiritual dead state. You needed a Savior. You needed to be quickened and alive and put back in the family of God. When you accepted Christ Jesus, that's what happened. Okay? But we're going to be resurrected. Our mortal bodies are going to put on immortal. Our corruptible bodies, our flesh are going to put on incorruptible. And we're going to be given glorified bodies so we can live together in heaven forever and eternity. So that'll be the full completion of the resurrection. But spiritually, on the inside, remember the Bible says... Though the outward man perish day by day, the inward man is renewed. Amen. Our outward man is perishing, but because of the resurrection, our inward man can be renewed. Amen. And eventually, it will be renewed to the utmost. 
1 Corinthians 15, 53-57. 1 Corinthians 15, 53-57. It's a tongue twister. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass, the saying is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades or hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? You know what the resurrection means? We won. He won. We won. It's complete. It's finished. So why are you trying to still complete the work in your life. Some of you are still trying to complete that work in your life. You're still working for it. This isn't in my notes. <laughs> You're still working for it. Stop working for it. He won. You're righteous. Period. Let me ask you this. Can Jesus get more righteous? No. He's the epitome of righteousness, which is right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. It means right standing with God. And guess what? He gave you, He shared in that righteousness when you came to Him. He said, I'm going to give you my righteousness. So there's nothing you could do anymore to make God love you even more. There's nothing from this day where, well, I'm going to make Him save me more or make me more righteous or he's, I'm going to be a better person so He loves me more. No, He loves you already because you loved His Son and accepted that sacrifice. Amen. That was a little side rabbit trail, as we say. That was good anyway, amen? That was free. Don't cost you. So Christ's death is a settled fact. Number two, the resurrection is a current reality to be experienced. Christ's victory over death means so much more than just being rescued from our dead state or spiritual dead condition, right? It means... Now listen, what if God would have said you know what, I'm going to send my son for you, for you because of Adam. And the Scripture says this. Because of Adam, he sinned. He messed it up for us all. Right? So everybody born after Adam is born of his seed. So you can't help it. You're born into this. It's like, you know, when I was uh, born to my, my mom and dad, my dad's last name is a Thompson. In that hospital, I, I couldn't say... Uh, no, I don't want to be a Thompson. No, I'm a Thompson. I was born a Thompson. My name is Brandon Thompson. Some of you, different names. That's just your lineage. That's your heritage. You're a Thompson. Where our lineage, our heritage, because we come, here's Adam. Everybody comes after him. We have sin, a seed of sin in our flesh. And then when we sin, the Bible talks, I'm not going to go into a bunch of doctrine. When we sin, we come to what the Bible calls the age of accountability. Paul talks about this that sin revives. It, it comes to... So, in other words, a child, that's why a child can go to heaven. Because they don't know the difference yet. They don't... The, the, that seed is in them to sin, but they, they don't know the difference yet. So when right and wrong comes, what like Paul says, when the law showed up and showed me my sin, sin revived. Sin came... It, it, it came alive in me, and I needed a Savior at that point. So when a kid uh, uh, reaches the account the age of accountability, and they do wrong in their heart, their heart and they know they do, 
that sin, that seed, oof, and they need a Savior. That's why a child can go, because a child doesn't know yet. A five-year-old, you know, they're, what's sin, you know? But when they get taught, and, they, and only God knows when that age is. Only God knows when that person's in. So, going back to my point, we need a Savior. And because of that, Jesus, Father God said, I'm going to send my son Jesus. But what if he would have said, okay, Jesus is going to come. He's going to save you from your sins. But once you accept Christ as Savior, you're going to be sick, miserable, depressed, beaten, down in life, sick. No, he didn't say that. He's going to give us victory. And because that's, listen, if you can't get excited about anything else, you might say, well, I can be excited about the future, but right now I, I just can't. Why not? He raised you from the dead spiritually, and if, he, if you're in His family, why are you experiencing all the things that He purchased you from, that He won you back from? Right now in this natural existence we call life, we can experience eternal life. John 17.3, listen to what John 17.3 says. And this is eternal life. What's eternal life, Jesus? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So doesn't that sound like a current condition, a current experience that can be experienced now? What's eternal? That we may know you. He didn't say that you, they may know you in the future when you come to heaven. That in, in the eternity you, sh you shall really know each other. No, he said this is eternal life now. How's that eternal life now? I thought eternal life was living forever with him in heaven. Well, eternal life, there's several meanings if you research it. Eternal life, there's several meanings. It's the life of God. The life, the kingdom of God in your heart that you live out day to day. And he said, this is the true Christian life. This is the true life of God that you can live today. What is it, Lord? That they may know God and me, his son, whom you have sent. That's what the resurrection provides. That the current experience now, it's a current reality. Because he rose again, you don't have to be sick. Because He rose again, you don't have to walk in defeat in your life. Because He rose again, He's giving you the power over depression and discouragement. He's giving you the power over lack, like we talked about earlier in the offering, during the offering time. He's, he's won over the power of sin, sickness, poverty, and death. Because He rose. Remember, if He wouldn't rose, guess what? It, we'd be in pretty bad shape. Pretty bad shape. Most believers recognize and celebrate the past resurrection of Christ, and most are also aware of the future resurrection spoken of in Scripture. I wrote this down, but I'm not sure how many Christians realize that there is an aspect of resurrection power that is available to us all at this very moment. What we can experience now is not the full, like we said, the full-blown resurrection of receiving new glorified bodies, but rather what we might call using the words of the old song, a foretaste of glory divine. Y'all know that song? Some of y'all are too young. A foretaste. We can experience the foretaste of glory divine. What is that song? Blessed Assurance. That's right. I knew, I knew I'd sing it when I was a little kid. I knew that. That's a, that's a real classical phrase. A blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'll stick to preaching here. 
<laughs> Listen to this. Consider the, uh, the ongoing day-to-day, moment-by-moment resurrection power that Paul said we could all, all experience. So listen to this in Philippians 3, 10, and 11. To prove my point, I'm making my case here to you today. He said, uh, and I think I, yeah, I, I'm going to read off there because I've got a different translation. He said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Listen to this. Philippians 3.10, I'm going to read it in the Amplified. For my determined purpose is that I may know Him, that I may pro- progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection, and that I may so share His sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, that if possible, I may attain the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So he's saying I can experience right now, today in 2016, this outflowing resurrection power. I'm just going to let that stew just a little. One, two, three. Three, four, matter of fact, I'll just go sit down for about 10. No. We can experience that resurrection power right now. Hallelujah. That's what he said. He said, this is my goal. He didn't say this is my goal in the future when I get to, when we get there, the sweet by and by. He said, this is my goal, that I may become increasingly know him and that I might be known of him, that I may experience his resurrection power. So it's possible then, isn't it? Yes. You might say, well, I'm not experiencing it, but you can. I said, you can experience that power. Just because you're not doesn't mean you can't. Just because some people are not saved doesn't mean it's not possible to be saved, right? It's the same way. Because of the resurrection, 1 Peter 1.18 through 20 is so true. Ever more true today. 1 Peter 18-20, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know what this means? That means you can receive because of the resurrection. Listen, if we did not have the resurrection, I go back again. I don't mean to be beating a dead horse, but I'm going to beat it hard today. I'm going to whip that old horse, right, so I can get it into our, our skulls, you right? Because of that, the Father's arms are open wide because of the resurrection. What would have happened if he had shed his precious divine blood and was still in the ground today? There's no, there's no 1 Peter 1.19. You see why the resurrection is so important? There's no 1 Peter 1.19 without the resurrection. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? It means the enmity between us and the Father is done away with. The enmity, what are you talking about? (laughs) Because of the resurrection, God needed a supreme sacrifice. That's why the Old Testament and the sacrifice and the law was set up, because it was to point our need to a Savior. The blood of bulls and goats could not wipe away, could not create a new heart within us. It could simply cover the sin until a supreme lamb, born of a virgin, God's seed, God's divine spiritual seed, could come 
and tr do a transfer, a heart transfer on the inside of us. Blood and bull, the blood of bulls and goats and lambs could not, that shedding of that blood, that was simply a type and a, a covering to cover things until a Savior came. That's why the Bible says that the Old Testaments, the, the Old Testaments, <laughs> you know the Old Testaments, the Old Testament men of faith and women of faith who died in God, but they believed the promises, they foresaw it, but they died before Jesus came. Oh man, they just went to hell. No, they didn't. The Bible says they went to paradise, which was in the center of the earth called Abraham's bosom. And then it says when Jesus died, he went to the center of the earth and preached to those that were there. So they could be born again and saved, and then they ascended to heaven. Amen. That's good stuff, man. We needed this. We needed a, a, we needed a heart change, a transfer, Amen. because the enmity was, was there. It wasn't enmity. That sin, that God could not, God could not, we could not fellowship with God how he intended. We could not come into God's presence without being killed. That's why they tied a rope onto the, <laughs> the priest when they go into the, to, the, uh, uh, to the temple and inside the Holy of Holies and, and then the bells and the bells. And so when they know if they heard the bells and they could drag old dead guy out, right, if things weren't done right. Because God is so righteous. See, God, God in his creation and his righteousness and his Sovereignty created a standard at the beginning of time. So if that standard is not kept up to, then laws are broken, then people die in His presence, right? Can't stand it. Now, if He said, well, now I'm going to change that now. I'm going to modify that. Well, then what else is He going to modify? That's why He had to stick to His guns, right? And He had to demand a supreme sacrifice. And because of that supreme sacrifice, we don't have to go to God like this anymore. Oh, God, like they did in the Old Testament. No fire, right? No, that enmity, that 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 uh, that friction between God and man is gone. It's gone because of the resurrection, because Jesus came. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm debating. Let me just go ahead and read this. What time is it? Eleven oh six. I'm. Let me read this. Romans five eight through seventeen. I know it's a lot of verses, but it's so good. It's just so good. Romans eight. Uh, 5, 8 through 17. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from what? Wrath. We're saved from the wrath of God. We don't have to experience the wrath of God. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice, sorry, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God because of the resurrection. Verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, verse 13, For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Remember, during the Old Testament, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Notice, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. 
They're, you're born into it. Remember, it, once a Thompson, always a Thompson, once a Smith, you're a Smith, right? You needed a change. You needed to change families. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the, by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. 16, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So verse 17 is saying, look, if by Adam death reigned through all of us, because of Adam's one mess up, his sin, now death and sin is pronounced over all of us, he said, hey, much more Jesus' death is going to reign life over us in a greater measure than what that sin did over the ones who were born under it before, before the, uh, Jesus came. So what, what, that is a perfect story of the gospel. Now, let me, let's take a big old X, take your big paintbrush out, dip it, dip it in the deepest red, dark red, a paint, or excuse me, brightest red, so you can really see it. Get it lathered up and take a big old mark here, and a big old mark here, and X out that entire passage. Just X it out. Because if he wouldn't have raised from the dead, that wouldn't have been the story. It's done. Again, without hope. Because of the resurrection today, if you're hurting and broken, you can be healed. If you're overwhelmed by sin, temptation, and trials, guess what? You've got the victory. It's waiting for you. If you're burdened down with life's cares, guess what? He gives you, he gives you peace. He gives you rest in your soul. Because of the resurrection, He has the power to do that. Number three, resurrection is a future event to be anticipated. It's a past fact, historical fact. It's a current reality right now, and it's a future event, a future hope that we all get to look forward to. Listen to what even the Old Testament foretold of our future. Daniel 12, 2, it says, many of those, uh, As many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. That's Daniel 12, 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. That's the resurrection. Even uh, Job, listen to what Job said in Job 19, 25 through 26. This is, this is, when I studied this and found this, I was like, wow, never noticed that. Job 19, 25 through 26. For I know that my Redeemer lives. This is Job in the Old Testament. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that, that in my flesh I shall see God. Isn't that interesting? And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Well, hold on. You just said after your flesh is destroyed, basically your skin is your flesh. After my flesh is destroyed, uh, by the way, I'm going to see him in my flesh. Well, I thought it was just destroyed. That's a natural body versus a glorified body. The Bible talks about glorified bodies. At the resurrection of the dead, the people who have gone on before us are going to be resurrected with their bodies it's going to be a new and glorified body. They're spirits right now. How that all that works, how the ashes come out, how the, 
you know, the, the dust comes together and molecules and all that? I don't know, but I just know uh, that he can do it, <laughs> right? You know, he can do it. We're going to have glorified bodies. And because of that promise, man, that, that's, that's pretty awesome. He was telling about it. I'll give you one more. Isaiah 26, 19 says, But those who die in the Lord will live. Together with my dead body they shall rise. Awake and sing, you dwell in, who, who dwell in the dust, for your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Those dead bodies and ten, uh, those uh, earthly vessels and temples we call human bodies of saints that have went on before that are in the dust, the, the, the earth is going to vomit those forth. It's going to... Bust out of the grave. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Meet me, me, Jesus. Meet me in the middle of the year. Right? That's how those old songs. That's what they're talking about. Spirit and that body joined back together and glorified. Gonna walk in a glorified body. That's why, now I'm getting into some really uh, uh, technical doctrine here. Uh, There's a little side note. That's why Jesus, think about this. That's why Jesus could be handled and touched and feel. Remember when he came back and appeared to the disciples? They could touch him. Did he eat with the disciples after he rose? How does a spirit be just eating it fall on the floor? No, but yet he walked through a wall too. He appeared to them. How does that work? He had a glorified body. He wasn't all spirit. He's not all flesh. Again, it's glorified. That's all I can tell you right? I could, I could get into a lot more. I did that just a little, just a little teaser there to get you thinking. <laughs> and of course, the New Testament is loaded with all kind of promises. John 5, 28 through 29, the hour is coming in which all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Hell, unfortunately. 1 Corinthians six fourteen. listen to this. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Paul went on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. I'm going to read that again. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. they just sleeping, snoring? No, they're dead. Their bodies are dead. But listen, in other words, it says the firstfruits. Our future resurrection is based on His past resurrection. Our future resurrection is based on His past resurrection. He is the first fruits or the prototype of what's going to happen to us. Man, that's exciting. That's enough to make you shout, right? That's, that's enough to just make your, your old body just say, you know what, I'm going to worship God, right? Man, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. Philippians 3, 20 through 21. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, listen to this, our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body. You see that? That's where I'm, where I'm mentioning, I'm getting all this about glorified bodies. We're going to be transformed. We can experience the resurrection in a measure on the inside and in this current life. But our bodies will have to be transformed. We'll get the full resurrection, right? The full completion of this one day when we go to heaven. 
Resurrection is what happens when the life of God touches and influences everything else. Resurrection is a historical fact to be celebrated, a current reality to be experienced, and a future event to be anticipated. Make sure today that you're celebrating, experiencing, and anticipating the resurrection. Does that make sense? Make sure that you're celebrating, that you're experiencing and anticipating the resurrection. You know, some of you here today, you may have not experienced the resurrection. You've never experienced what it is to be resurrected on the inside. I want to talk to you today just for a few moments as we close the service. Some of you might be here. I, I don't know. But you need to experience this resurrection we talked about this morning. It's so important. It's so vital that you experience this resurrection on the inside. See, you're, if, if you've never experienced Jesus, if you've never experienced salvation, you've never said, Lord Jesus, come in my life, be my Savior, be my Lord, guess what? You're dead on the inside. And you need to experience this salvation. You need to be resurrected. When you sin, the inside of you, your spirit, the real you, not your body, not your mind, the spirit, the real you that will live forever. That spirit that walked through the walls and appeared and disappeared before disciples, you know, that, that real man, right? That, um, when I was talking about Jesus, the real you on the inside can be in a dead state or it can be in a, a live, glorified state. And you need to come to Jesus today. Some of you in here, you might be, you might have experienced the resurrection at one time. Oh man, I was, I was, I've been born again. I've experienced Christ Jesus, brother. But maybe there's some areas in your heart that you haven't fully surrendered to the resurrection. You know what I'm saying? It might be sin. It might be some outright sin and habits that you know are not pleasing to God. It might be some weights and chains. The Bible talks about weights and chains that so easily beset our walk. Maybe they're habits or things you just not, you know, that are not good. Maybe it's a relationship that you know that's pulling you down, that's pulling you away from living. Listen to this. You're resurrected. I'm talking about people that need to be rededicated in here today, that need to come back to God fully. You're resurrected on the inside, but you're not experiencing the current resurrection right now. You're not experiencing the current resurrection right now because of sin, because of you want to do things your way, your will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out this thing called life. That's pride. That's wrong. And it'll get you in trouble. And you need to surrender to God today. Some of you in here might be hurting. You're not in sin. Nothing's wrong as far as in that area between you and God. You're not out of fellowship. You communicate with God. You love God with all your heart. But you're experiencing some hurt in your life. Maybe it's a past hurt. Maybe it's some uh, you know emotion that, that comes up every time you think about this situation or you think about this person. Whatever it is. If you're fighting emotional hurts, depression, stress. You can experience a resurrection now. 
you can experience what we call resurrection life. Remember what he said? Eternal life. This is eternal life. Does depression, does sin, does bondage, does sickness, does that sound like eternal life? He said you can experience it. You can have joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Some of you in here need to surrender to that. And I'm here to tell you and encourage you that God loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He wants you to be a winner in His kingdom. He wants you to be victorious. And as the worship team sings this song, I want you to look at the words on the screen and hear this message in this song. And we just want to invite you, just for a few moments here, if you need prayer for anything or you just want to come up as a, a sign, a statement to God, I'm surrendering my life to you, whether it's salvation, rededication, uh, seeking help, come down here. Just worship if you want to. Amen. Hallelujah.